we haven't said does that. Anybody, does anyone have any other people in their house that just want to walk in? <laughs> Look, we, we're, we're a big family on drags, you know. We, we have extended family. We haven't said, but and we probably should say Calvin, that. Calvin, your, do your priest want to walk in the back? My, I can get my butler to come and, you know. Anyone? No, okay. Welcome back to Political Dregs. We're all here this week. Myself, Calvin, we've got Joel, Amir, and Hamish is back. Welcome back, Hamish. Um, Thanks very much. How was the show without me? I didn't watch. You won't miss. One of our best ever, actually. (laughs) Before we get into the show, I want to say something very important, and that is that all lives matter. I absolutely um, think that that is a brave thing to say these days. Uh, yeah, Should it be seeing... a brave thing to say that all lives matter? It's ridiculous. Well, isn't it? it's not. It's not. I mean, I, I don't really know what. What does it mean? That's this, this is the point. All lives matter doesn't mean that black lives don't matter, and black lives well, black, matter, black just lives black lives matter, matter doesn't mean, necessarily mean that they matter more. It's all ridiculous. But, um, but I find the whole black lives matter versus all lives matter thing to be to be rather boring because self evidently, what black lives matter is saying is. Black lives matter as well as as non-black lives. It, it is not saying that only black lives matter. And, and people who 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 are reading it, that I think are are making mischief. Uh, you, know, I think that it's self-evidently true that in the United States, in particular, that uh, police the police tend to uh, yeah have, they have a race problem and and will treat African American people in a way uh, that they wouldn't treat. Uh, white Americans. Uh, so I don't really... I don't but, really that, but that's a good point, because you said in America. And over here in the UK, things are different. If you're arrested and you're white, you're 25% more likely to die in incarceration than if you're black. We have different statistics. We have a whole different... It's a different country. Everything is different to in America. And the problem is that we're importing their drama into our country. The riot, the protests have turned into riots in, over here, just as they have in America. We haven't said, but we probably should say, that obviously racism does still exist racism is still a bad thing it's a just cause to fight racism and i don't think anyone on this podcast or anyone that i know would disagree with that and i don't think that's what anyone is saying but i do think that a lot of this drama that we're seeing in the uk is virtue signaling it is people jumping on a bandwagon um for essentially an incident that took place in a foreign land and people just want to fight they want an outlet they're bored of being in lockdown and they're fed up and they're, they're taking it out on the government on the media on everybody they're frustrated and this is this is a way for them to vent yeah yeah i was uh, i was really angry about this last night but thankfully i just been to the park with the wife and uh, and daughter so i'm feeling a bit calmer now um but i just think the loss of law and order in this country is becoming absolutely alarming. We've just seen hot off the press now, uh, a statue pulled down in Bristol where what on earth were the police doing there? Um, Just standing by? I mean, it takes a long time to pull down a statue. Uh, This is like, you know, this isn't Saddam Hussein's Iraq. I mean, what what, what is going on here? So I think that uh, I was really angry about this last night. I'm trying to be a lot calmer, but I do think that... um, there is a, a significant issue with, with, with law and order in this country and what, what on earth has happened to the police. Um, are we, you know, we have a, a stonking majority a conservative administration, but we don't seem to have control of the streets. Well, that's the one thing you'd have thought that a conservative government would have. So I, don't, I just don't know what's going on anymore. And, um, you know, well, our, our 
our Home Secretary is missing in action, as far as I'm concerned. No, but, I mean, Joel, I think, can I just address what Hamish said first, and I'll go, and, I'll, and I'm going to respond to you. Not that you're asking me, but in general. Um, so Calvin is absolutely right. There is a big difference between the American movement of Black Lives Matter and the movement here of Black Lives Matter. Uh, and in America, where someone, a, a police person, could kill someone and get away with it, that's not going to happen here. It shouldn't happen here. And there's a lot more scrutiny. There's a lot more process here to prevent that kind of thing from happening. So the issues are much, much different. And we can't just import American issues and then use the same methods to address issues which don't exist here. The issues are different. We have to use methods applicable to the issues at hand. So yeah. the same kind of demonstrations, the same kind of rioting, the same kind of protesting is ineffective in my mind because I, I did a tweet about this uh, yesterday. If you're not, if you're not going to win over the people who aren't aware of the issues, if you're going to alienate them by uh, graffitiing a Churchill statue on D-Day anniversary or throwing uh, bikes and stones and rocks at horses, then you've lost. You, yeah. You've lost because you, the objective has to be to gain a momentum of support so that eventually politicians are going to concede to your issues. And then we've already discussed this. We don't even know what they're protesting about. We don't quite, we're not quite sure what they want, what the well, protesters it, want. Yeah. You're completely I mean, right. And there's something, when you see a protest or a demonstration in the United States and they are chanting, hands up, don't shoot at uh, US police officers, that is really powerful. Uh, and, it, and it kind of, well, for me anyway, kind of, it hits you, you feel something. When it's happening on Whitehall, it, it looks rather ridiculous because, you know, British police officers are not armed and they don't shoot and kill people. You know, I think the last year that there was statistics, 2009, there were three uh, people who were killed uh, by uh, police or armed services. Uh, it's more than ridiculous. It, it's scary that an angry mob can essentially dominate uh, national memorials at wills, graffiti them, um, cause havoc and, and, and and mayhem and uh, i just don't know where the balance lies anymore you know who, who's to say now that this precedent has been set that the next load of uh of malevolent forces can just go and reclaim the streets and and, and take whatever they want it's well i'd be slightly reluctant to describe the protest of malevolent forces the, I think ones, were... the ones who were attacking police officers and the horses last night were malevolent of course they yeah. were well, the bbc yeah. would report it as a, as a mostly peaceful protest which yeah, is... I, think probably... <laughs> I think that's probably right isn't it in the grand scale not when 27 people were injured a police officer was knocked off their horse and and badly injured and people are graffitiing over the cenotaph i don't think that's a peaceful process i think um, that's a narrative yeah, from the bbc well, you know i think i think given given the number of people there um uh, and the time in which it took place Bonk I think bollocks. if that was a brexit event and those the event those oh, things right. occurred it would be a, a bloody massive riot so it's ridiculous yeah. for the bbc to kind of but like, narrative it like that January 31st, when we went on that uh, magical uh, evening to celebrate Brexit, seems quite a pyrrhic victory now. Can you imagine if there was anything like 27 police officers injured? Yeah. 
scandal. Well, that's true. That is that that's true. But I think that's the point about the media. But I do think we have to we have to we have to think about how we want our police to conduct themselves and police things. Now, I think that there has been a tendency to step back recently, especially with the Extinction Rebellion protests uh, and uh, with with some of this stuff. But do we really want to be calling for more heavy-handed policing? Do we you want know? law and order in our country? Do we want people to just tear up the lawns of, of Cambridge University and just dis pull down statues of people they no longer agree with? It's ridiculous. Edward Colson funded hospitals, schools, almshouses. He literally fed the poor. Yes, he was also a slave master. So no one is good or evil in this in this life. We can't judge people of 100, like, 200 years ago by today's yeah. standards. It's absolutely ridiculous to tear down once statues. You erode the, once you erode the institutions, once you rewrite history, that's gone forever, and yeah. that does indelible damage. And uh, it's just so dangerous. It really is. Um, People well, should I agree not be allowed to get away with whatever they like. We do have law for a reason. No, no, I, I agree with that. And let's not let's not forget, by the way, that at the moment, any peaceful protest with more than six people is, is illegal. Automatically is, against is, the law. It's unlawful. Um, so, and I think perhaps a, a a wider issue is it seems rather odd that I can't go round to a friend's house and have supper. But this, these sorts of protests and indeed riotous behaviour is allowed to happen in central London. It's I, I think that. that's people, are, people are dying and they can't go to their father's funeral because there's too many, you can't gather, you can't go to a different place to go to a funeral. People cannot grieve their parents, yet 100,000 people are allowed to protest, apparently allowed to, in the middle of London. I mean, it, there's, a, there's, there's, a, there's another issue actually, because there was a report recently published where the AME um, are more likely to contract and die from the coronavirus. And so we have a protest now across the UK uh, where it's Black Lives Matter. But what about the people who might contract a disease and die? The question I have is, does their life matter? Good question. So, and I, and I, I was listening to some people in the BBC, some guest speakers, and will say, well, no, this issue is more important. And I, I just don't quite understand. You're, you're willing to jeopardize Sacrifice. the people that you're supposedly trying to protect. I mean, it's counterintuitive. Actually, the messaging is completely off. And well, one thing, yeah, one thing we are going to prove once and for all is whether the second spike is a valid thing or not. Because yeah. if there is not one now after this, then forget it. We, we, uh, we should never lock down again and, and we should open up, open up everything. So maybe trying to look positively. Well, if this, I mean, if this, this rabble do one thing, it might be to disprove any possibility of a second spike. Well, so, I mean, I, I, I think the risk the risk is too great. I, I just I think we've taken a massive risk uh, in a, in allowing this to happen. But I do understand why the government's done this, and this goes back to what you were saying earlier, Joel, about law and order. I think the government went through a tricky period with uh, the Cummings affair, and. Uh, obviously with the way they've acted over the last three months and being under scrutiny from the press. And I think this gives them as a bit of a scapegoat because now if there is a second wave, um, clearly the demonstrations have nothing to do with Cummings. I don't care what Piers Morgan or, or James O'Brien say on their Twitter. The reality is that this is everything to do with what's happened in America. 
because it's happening all over the world. It's not just in the UK. So yeah. this is something that has been sparked by an act in America. And so if there is a second wave, and because the, the government has said you shouldn't protest, but they haven't actually prevented it, yeah. what, what will actually end up happening is that if there is a second spike, the government will then say, okay, well, we tried. It's not our yeah, fault. That's right. You're right there. And I, I, I think actually that there's, it's very clear that um, I can understand why there are riots in the United States. I really can. And uh, whilst I obviously can't, you know, wouldn't ever approve of writing. Uh, I, I'm almost, you know, I, I can't get myself worked up about about that because the history and the just the repeated ne you know, nature of these incidents and then the failure at every level to do everything about them is shocking and appalling. And I would completely understand if there was a. Uh, a protest in support, a demonstration, a march in support, I would probably join one were it not for the coronavirus restrictions in this country. I, as I said earlier, I think it is ridiculous to try and ape the situation there by chanting at police officers, hands up, don't shoot, and forcing pe police officers to take a, a knee or to, I read in the Sunday Times that there's a crowd somewhere in London, you know, sort of crowded around a police officer in a car and wouldn't let them pass before he'd sort of raised his hand in the black power um, uh, symbol. And that, to me, seemed rather sinister, actually, because putting aside the rights and wrongs of the moral issue, and as I've said, black lives manifestly do matter and racism is a scourge and is a problem in this country and in the United States. The idea that you have crowds, mobs, if you want, going round and, and sort of forcing you to kowtow to their view and, and make their symbol is is quite sinister, especially in times that we live in where, you know, the old Bill can can arrest you for, you know, having having a friend over in your house. You know, it's, it just gives me a bit of the creeps. Have you read their manifesto? Yeah, the rules of if you join this BLM group and go out and protest with them, it says you must follow the instructions unquestionably of a black person you must not question a black person you must do exactly what they t tell you to do when they do it it's absolutely ridiculous it's fascism what well, i want to say to this mobs, though is look join a political party get politically engaged join a pressure group donate to a good cause write to your mp do something worthwhile don't get out there and throw bicycles at flipping police cops you're a thug you're not a police political cops. activist at, at horses not just the cops, the poor yeah, horses. I, what I do they do? Say, as the only non-ethnic minority on this podcast, because let's not <laughs> let's not forget that Jews are an ethnic minority too. Um, I only uh, disagree with that, but yeah. Well, they can they can fuck off. Um, uh, I, I you know I do have an instinctive. Uh, I was very concerned about the horses. Uh, not by the way that uh, that yeah, I think well, there's very very good reasons why you have. Uh, police horses at, at protests and marches because you, uh, apart from anything, it gives you a vantage point uh, uh, that you can be mobile. But you know, no one should be attacking a fucking horse. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, but it's a big, it's a big cock up. It's an operational failure. We have an absolutely useless, beyond useless head of the Met, uh, Cressida. She's so. We weird. have a beyond useless mayor who literally has, his career was based around uh, teaching, coaching people on how to sue the police prior to. Um, wheedling his way into Labour politics and then becoming it? mayor. So I don't expect anything from those two. They, they have already debased um, the, the institutions of, of the police. But I well, did expect something. 
she doesn't have a very good uh, she doesn't have a very good track record when when it comes to these things. No, but, she's beyond useless. So I don't expect anything from Dick or Khan, but I did expect something from so-called tough guy Pretty Patel, and I just I can't believe how weak um, we, we've we've seen the response responses to be. It's it's an absolute competence issue. There was it was clear what was going to happen. These protests started on Sunday. They were very large and very impassioned then. We've had days and days and de- last Sunday, we've had days and days and days to prepare for this. We've just dropped the ball. And, and that is a, a nationwide issue. And it's still going on with, you know, with this, with what's happened in Bristol. So I know that a lot of people on the right are aghast at what is happening with, um, with law and order in this country. And, mm. and one earth, if, if the Conservative Party can't defend it, then who is going to defend it? I mean, I think they, the, the Tories are, are, are following an agenda, and it's and everything everything is to do with a later a later narrative that they're going to create out of what's happening now. It's all, I think they're almost allowing it to happen. So I wouldn't. Pretty Patel is rubbish. We all agree, yeah. But I, I think something else is going on, which is going to allow them to turn the narrative to suit them in the future. And part of that is public support. Uh, the more that this goes on and the more that the protesters uh, disrupt and become violent against the police and destroy monuments, etc., uh, they're going to lose support. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in between now. I support American Black Lives Matter, but now I'm kind of thinking, wait a minute, this is not a, a, an organization or a group of people that I can rally behind. I was going to go on wow. Saturday. I don't really I just, know what they want. As you yeah. said at the beginning, I don't really know what the British... the British. Well, we have no idea what they want. There are a number of things that you could you could say are concrete goals for the US, better training of their police, in and to some of the practices or their arrest practices, various other things. But yes, but there ha- is... No one Hamish has told me it, a concrete aim of... The, Hamish of, said the it perfectly. Um, they're actually saying now that you should boycott businesses that... Don't that belong to white or people or or not black people? I mean, well, that was what Anthony Joshua, uh, you know, race relations... he better to his manager Eddie Eddie Hearn about that. Uh... Race relations <laughs> race relations scholar uh, Anthony Joshua, who I believe it's in his his day job is a a, a boxer. When he was up here uh, in Watford, there was loads of people out on the streets. It was horrible. And he 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 said that uh, he he had a very rambling. Uh, sort of speaking from notes at one point he, he you know he, he was up saying that people should get engaged in the community which is yeah uh very very true and and i just support that but then he sort of had this section where he said that he, he thought that we that the black people in the united kingdom should not shop at black businesses uh, white businesses and and boycott that and uh, uh and almost sort of stay within their own community which which struck me as racial segregation. Well, this it's very strange that Francis Joshua, a, a multi-millionaire, multi-multi-millionaire, who is, whose fans are, I would say, overwhelmingly white in this country, that's a very strange position for him to be in, and I think he should regret those comments. I like Anthony Joshua. He's actually a, a great role model, a good guy, a good example for um, everyone in this country, but he's, he's really been badly... Uh, badly served by what he said uh, yesterday and uh, yeah that's another real shame well i think black lives matter as a movement th- these group of people they are actually ironically they are quite racist i think i've had all the people i've interacted with all i said was i think 
uh, it's quite selfish to be out protesting in the middle of a global pandemic because you're not just martyring yourself, you're putting other people's lives at risk. You're sacrificing other people for your cause, which I think is selfish. I've had white people on my Facebook telling me, um, Calvin, racism is a serious issue. Thanks, mate. Thanks for explaining that to me. And I've had black <laughs> people say... Explaining. I've had, indeed, I've had black people saying, Calvin, these are, these are your people. You must stand up for the, your people. Excuse me, what the fuck? I have to, I, I have to agree with people based on the colour of their skin, not on my um, worldly perspective. How ridiculous. Both sides of the argument are completely racist. But you've got a very, you've got a quite a, a contra, not controversial to me, but controversial to other, others' point of view, because you, you do not play the race card. Uh, you don't, you, you don't subscribe to think either, but you don't play the race card. And I've, you know, uh, you, uh, I've, we've been both been in situations where you've been described uh, as black, and you actually turned around and said, "Well, first of all, I'm mixed race, but also, why, why are you, why are you calling me? You know, why are you focusing on that?" And you posted a, a, you know, you posted a. I thought, thought you might want to. Uh, well, I found it very interesting. You might want to talk about it. You, you posted a Facebook status today about about how how you you view that uh, people sort of you know seeing your race like that, your identity. Yeah, my sister wrote something actually that I put on my Facebook. I thought it was very good, bless her. Um, in that uh, we've experienced racism from black people, racism from white people, because me and my sister happen to be mixed race. We're half and half, and that racism can be anything it's not just white on black which is again part of the blm movement in the um you know white people are privileged therefore white people are um inherently racist and cannot question it's just a redefinition of what racism is essentially but my sister's point was that some people say i, I don't see color i see you as a person and i personally think that's a very nice thing and i think if you look at children i, I work with kids they don't see color they see their friends and they it's only when they get older they start to identify people by their colour um, so I think it's fine but there's been a lot of people picking fault with that you can't say you don't see people as colour you need to treat black people a bit better than you treat white people because they have had 400 years of no, no, actually we need everyone to be treated as human beings we're all people, uh, we're all the same the, the moment we stop refer differentiating people based on their skin colour the moment we'll be united again I just, I just think yeah, I mean, we're stoking yeah. further divisions when we don't need to be the other, th the other thing that bothers me about Black Lives Matter, and um, we all support Black Lives Matter as a concept, uh, um, but what well, is I think, the? I think we all, I think we all think that, you know, <laughs> we, I think we're all against racism and especially, you know, and in particular against differential treatment of people by the police. Yeah. Well, what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking is, is what is the extent then? What is the jurisdiction? Because. And let me just hear me out here, because, for example... Get your tin uh, hat on. Yeah. So people don't quite understand uh, that in technology, you need a, a mineral called coltan, which is mined predominantly in this world in Congo and Rwanda. And they use child labor. And without it, your mobile phone wouldn't work. Your technology doesn't work. And so what is the extent of Black Lives Matter? This is the other thing I want to know. Like... Is it only as long as it affects you on your day-to-day -day life? Or is it universal? Is it Black Lives Matter across the whole world? And then one of the issues I had with uh, the EU was the common agricultural policy, because actually it creates uh, poverty in Africa. 
you know and a lot of these people uh, are very pro eu they're very kind of pro remain and pro eu and kind of we need to stick with the 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 main and then there's there's a lot of arguments from kind of the vote leave that we were we talked about in the past about the immigration policy being quite discriminatory against people from other nations so it's quite it's quite useful for them to kind of pick the things that they like which suits them but actually universally um i don't know if they quite believe in what they're demonstrating for I, i'm not quite sure if they universally believe that all black lives matter and then beyond that all lives matter because it's just not consistent and this is what bothers me the consistency uh prevents me from yeah. So, what about, for instance, what about the lives of, of the of the hundreds of youngsters, young black kids who've been murdered uh, because of uh, out of control crime uh, in London and other cities over the last few years? We've not. Where's the anger about that? I mean, that's that's been absolutely appalling. You know, you young teenagers talk- snuffed out, um, and we need an absolutely an urgent strategy to to combat that. What about um, Yemen? That- I mean, we. We, we, you know, there's black people in the Yemen and we're not seeing, you know, they were indiscriminately bombed yeah, by, well, uh, by, by the Saudi Arabians, which we sell weapons, weapons to Saudi, which, which killed, <laughs> yeah. protesting. I'm just confused because as long as it suits them and suits their agendas and suits their political ambitions and suits their lifestyle. I mean, now we have a lot of people who are, who are just out of lockdown, they, they were stuck in their homes. A lot of them had nothing to do. Many of them are from schools or colleges and they're coming out to just cause a little bit of mayhem. That's fundamentally what's going on right now. But what eventually happens is that the, the, the real causes um, aren't addressed. The, the real issues are never will never be dealt with because this is not the way to deal with these issues. Well, look what happens when you do try and address the issues, you know, problems with schools, not having good enough curriculums, not having high enough standards, not creating enough rigor in schools you get you get enormous pushback from 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 the left and from the you know the same kind of people who should be promoting uh ability the, the opportunity for uh you know black kids and other kids to have the best possible futures you know when you try and deal with these structural pro- problems at, at educational level you get enormous uh, enormous pushback <clears throat> so yeah. Joel, it's utterly good, confused you made a good point on that in a, in a group chat the other day earlier on when you're saying this because i think yes we do as a society we make a lot of excuses so we, we lower the expectations we say oh they're from a disadvantaged background let's not expect the same quality of work from them let's not expect the same output from them let's give them um extra leniency and that's just lowering expectation lowering standards and giving them a subpar education when we could be raising the um, expectations of all pupils and making sure everyone has a high standard of uh, education that is a massive yeah. problem we have right now in the UK. Do you, do you find, Calvin, that uh, people make certain assumptions on you uh, about you because of because of your your race? Oh yeah, all the time. I mean, making assumptions isn't necessarily racist, though, is it? People make assumptions about everything. By uh, you get first impressions all the time based on how you present yourself, how you talk, how you look, how you dress, all these things. So that doesn't sure. necessarily bother me. It's when but, people... do, but, but if they if, if, do they make do they think that because you're you know, black or mixed race that you will think or be x y and z so yeah so that's the issue like making the assumption is one thing but 
thinking I have to present myself a certain way or have to vote for a certain party or have to you know do whatever it is that they assume that people of my skin tone do and when I don't do them they get upset that's what gets on my nerves when it was like it's like with this debate here I, re- I wrote an article on um on this Black Lives Matter movement and how I think it's a bad time for people to be out protesting in the middle of a global pandemic as I've said and people are saying you know you should be supporting these people these are your people and to me that's completely well, racist, but also wrong. I I'm not saying that their cause isn't just. I'm saying that it's the wrong time to be doing this and it's the wrong method uh, to be taking. Yeah. And they're not even listening to their own... Uh, like, I mean, Killer Mike is a significant uh, black figure in America, but also I think his reach is global. And, and he came out and he said in Atlanta, he said, you know, we need to organise, mobilise, strategize. He didn't say we jeopardize. He said we shouldn't be destroying our own city in the process of of our agendas and what the goals that we want to achieve. And there is a big difference between the American protests and the UK protests. I was watching CNN yesterday and uh, there was a live reporter in central London and the young mob just just were just bashing him in and they were just interrupting him and they're just trying to get in front of the camera. And they didn't really have anything to say. This is really what I was like, really shocked. They were like, going, Black Lives Matter! Yeah. Black Lives Matter! And then I was like, okay, well, this is quite intelligent. I didn't really learn anything from your interruption. And they were actually quite disrespectful and rude. And it's obvious that they're CNN. And then you had, later on, they were like doing the American protests. And then there was this woman who was a, a black woman who was an army veteran, 31 years. She's just standing there with her sign and she, you know, and the conversation was different. It was more intellectual. It was more um, emotional. It was quite intricate, and it wasn't rude. It wasn't boisterous. It was, it was, it was quite educated, you know. And it was just a different energy uh, with the protests in America. And I think there's there's something going on. There's a real disconnect between what's happening in America and happening here. And I don't sure. know if it's also because of these left wing. Uh, groups who are injecting their political agendas and some people are going to make a career from this. Some people are going to become left-wing politicians as a result of these movements, not necessarily with the objective at hand or in mind. You know, they don't necessarily want to solve the problem if there is a problem. They just want to self-promote and become more significant. Like Dawn Butler, I was listening to her today and I was like, wait a minute. We've been going on about anti-Semitism for how long in the Labour Party? I didn't see you coming out and protesting against that. Dor Butler, who said that by by re- you know, releasing some or easing some aspects of the lockdown, that um, the government was essentially you know, giving people the virus, and then when 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 the protests were raised, she sort of uh, you know, and, and the, the prospect of the virus. Uh, mingling and being spread throughout the process, she just sort of harumphed in the House of Commons. Don't even go there. Don't even go there. Uh, uh, Jacuzzi, Jacuzzi Dawn has managed to square the circle. She said that uh, yes, it will be the government's fault if there's a second spike, um, and that is I didn't quite follow her logic because she's absolutely absurd person. But yes, yeah, <laughs> she did confirm that the left's view is that, that if there is a second spike as a result of the House parties in Stonebridge Park, 
for these Black Lives Matter demonstration, that will be the, the, the fault of the government. So yeah, just glad that we've got that on I mean, this is this is a woman who I think honestly believes that ninety five percent of giraffes were gay. So, wow. But in America, yeah, they've gone a step yeah. further than that. They've gone and said, you know, stay at home unless you go into a protest. It's not, it's not safe to go outside unless you go into a protest. How does that make any sense? But what, what a mayor said about, Sorry, go on. George, what a mayor said about the, uh, the, the left wing trying to take this over as a political movement. I think that's the key for me because they're setting this up as a false dichotomy. You know, you're either with BLM or you're a racist. You either agree with everything that we're doing or you are a racist. Now, I don't agree with everything they're doing. and I have lots of reservations about what they're doing, but I'm not a racist. And that's what's confusing people. That's what's putting people off. And I, I guess that a couple of you would have a difficulty standing up and saying you don't agree with what Black Lives Matter at the moment because that would paint you out as you know, a bad guy and potentially a racist person. I have a slight privilege advantage in that I can stand up and say that without automatically being accused of being racist. Uh, they'll find other things to throw at me. But yeah, no, I agree problem. with that. And, and I wouldn't say, I wouldn't necessarily say that I didn't disagreed with Black, Black Lives Matter in the UK, but but what I would say is that I think it's slightly ridiculous given the the different conditions. And I, I was struck by what Amir said about the two, in, the two interviews uh, of protesters, one in London and, and one in America, because of course the woman in America, no doubt, has has faced, you know, has had experience or, or or knows people who are close to her who have felt in they'll have their lives in danger uh, at the hands of a police officer, and essentially yeah. nobody in this country has ever felt like that. Now, yes, the police may you know there, there are, you know, may maybe stops and search and all of that sort of thing, and it's unpleasant and it is targeted, uh, and I'm not diminishing uh, that. But that is a world away from feeling that your life may be taken from you by essentially an officer of the state. And I thought that video that surfaced on the internet a few weeks ago of some crazy woman in Central Park uh, who had an out-of-control dog and who's being filmed by this uh, a black man who was just asking her to, to, to control the, the dog... Uh, who then sort of said, I'm going to ring the cops and say that an African-American man is uh, harassing me. And, I, and she, of course, knew what she was doing, and she's been called out quite rightly, because basically she was threatening him with the possibility that the, uh, uh, a police officer might shoot him and kill him, or at least severely injure him. That is disgusting and vile, but it doesn't happen in this country. No, we're a world away from that, and but sadly, it's been imported now. Government's got to get a grip, and uh, we've not seen enough of it. But it's it's been a thoroughly depressing episode the last uh, the last week or so. Yeah, um, a pretty good place to wrap it up as well, guys. Um, so we're all in the agreement that racism does exist in this country. Racism is bad, but Black Lives Matter are not helping solve the situation at the moment in the UK. Thank you very much for watching. Please like, subscribe, and comment on our Facebook, on our Twitter, and on our YouTube, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Yeah. Shall we say hello to some friends of the show? I, I was missing last week, so uh, uh, I'll let you guys go first. 
<laughs> nice, put us on the spot like that. <laughs> uh, well, um, our, our guest, our special guest uh, while you were away was uh, Rena von Weiss. So I... let me guess, she thinks that, that we shouldn't. Let me guess, she thinks that we still shouldn't leave the EU, and <laughs> in any event, there should be an extension to the transition period. Well, you're going to have to watch our last episode, our previous episode, to find out what she said. But because she's been back. A second time I, I i can i can assume that she is a friend of the show so shout out to her yeah hi hi arena um friend of michelle barnier's as well so uh that, that's good to know uh, but she was a very good guest and uh, yeah we hope to have her back again and um i'd like to give a shout out to james hellier a very impassioned uh, commentator commentator on facebook on our show uh, we asked the question should there be a transition period he says absolutely not uh, an extension takes us into a new EU budget period over which we would, of course, have no say and would likely end up on the hook financing their attempts to spend their way out of the post-COVID-19 recession. Dozens of likes for James from that comment. So uh, please do keep watching, James, and uh, we like your impassioned views. I'll give a shout-out to the Duck Gang. Stay based. <laughs> the Duck Gang, stay based. I was just... The, the mind boggles. I'll say hello to Dr. Thurlow and Andrew Bush, regular friends of the show. Uh, Thurlow back again. Good to, good to see him, yeah. Yeah, or as you called him, Lord Wolf. Lord Wolf. 